KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a journey through computation, data analysis, and real-world applications. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu. Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, June 24th. The dire need for child care. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The U.S. Supreme Court yesterday struck down a New York law that limits who can get a permit to carry a gun in public. The ruling is expected to impact California's concealed carry laws. Chris Ward represents a large swath of San Diego County's coastal region in the state assembly. Introducing legislation to specify where a concealed weapon could be carried. We're going to think about how we um, term the assessment of dangerousness uh, as a consideration for how concealed carry permits could be issued. The San Diego County Sheriff's Department issued a statement saying the county is bracing for an increase in the number of people applying for concealed carry licenses. A man who worked as a youth dance instructor in North County pleaded not guilty yesterday to child molestation charges. 39-year-old David Silvas is accused of sexually assaulting at least four underage students between 2005 and 2014. Detectives believe there are additional victims and possibly witnesses. Silvas faces a maximum of 15 years in state prison based on the current charges. COVID-19 cases in San Diego County are holding steady this week. The county reported more than 9,700 cases this week. That's 52 more than last week. But that doesn't account for at-home COVID-19 tests, so the actual number of cases is likely much higher. San Diego County's public health officer, Dr. Wilma Wooten, says that's because the COVID-19 vaccine wanes over time. Boosters give people added protection. Yet more than 42% of those eligible for their first booster haven't gotten one yet. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Childcare is hard to find across the country and in the San Diego region. We previously reported that one in eight childcare centers closed here during COVID. KPBS investigative reporter Claire Tragesser tells us some areas were disproportionately hit, creating what are called childcare deserts. <laughs> 14-month-old Callan Turlecki has a lot to say. Normal for a toddler, but not for his mom's work meetings. And so trying to like scramble and find backup for taking care of my son while I finish up the workday. 
If he was in daycare, it would be consistent. I'd drop him off and pick him up. But he's not in daycare because all the slots in his rural North County town, Fallbrook, are taken. We are on like five wait lists. <laughs> um, it stretches from here in Fallbrook down to Oceanside. Um, everybody is booked. Terlecki and other Fallbrook parents are living in the biggest childcare desert in the county. There is just one licensed childcare slot for every four kids under age five in their region, according to data from the San Diego YMCA. And not just in Fallbrook, it's Bonzel, Oceanside, Vista, Temecula. Like you might get lucky to get something in Temecula, but that's you know, a 30-minute drive from here. The need for childcare is dire everywhere. Staffing shortages, rising costs, and COVID forced many of these childcare businesses to close. Added challenges make the situation even worse in the Fallbrook region. A lot of the buildings are older, and so sometimes they don't meet the regulations for licensing. Nikki Bowles owns one of the few preschools in the area. At least seven other child care centers closed during COVID, according to state licensing data. Their providers were older and didn't want to risk or had caught COVID and didn't want to risk exposing other people. Um, but because they were older, they decided to retire. The Fallbrook region's proximity to Camp Pendleton means lots of families with young kids live there. And those kids might not get into military child care. The population of kids under five has grown 16 percent in the last 10 years, far outpacing overall population growth. And supply hasn't kept up with demand. Bowles is about to add 24 more slots specifically for infants. I haven't advertised. I haven't done anything. I've had people coming by and stopping and asking about the infant care and when it's going to open. So I have 20 families on a waiting list. I just kind of became aware of the need, kind of been talking to parents, of quality child care in the area. Another Fallbrook resident, Dennis Ashworth, recently retired and during COVID decided to open a home child care with his wife. Right now we have three children under two and three children over two. The phone's been ringing off the hook about moms with really young children looking for daycare. The state currently has funding to help providers like the Ashworths get their child care license, says Lori Hahn with the YMCA's Child Care Resource and Referral Program. Helping them open their license for the first time or expand their license to a large license. Also, if they want to expand to non-traditional hours or to change the children they care for to include infants and toddlers. If you're happy and you know, clap your hands. Ashworth just expanded his license to take in more kids. He says he's glad to use his energy and his Fallbrook home to help families in his village. If we weren't doing this, what would I be doing? You know, just sitting around and getting old, older. So I think it does keep you young and, and it's it's kind of exciting. Every morning when the parents pull up with the kids, you know, and you chat with them and the kids are always excited so it's a good thing. But he knows adding a few more spaces at his home does little to change Fallbrook's status as a child care desert. Claire Tregesser, KPBS News. To see a searchable map of child care deserts, go to kpbs.org. California had a dry winter and a dry spring, 
Now, as we move into the hottest and driest months of the year, water resources officials and local leaders are calling for all San Diegans to take action. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado has more. Mayor Todd Gloria says he's proud of those who have stepped up to conserve water. But on Thursday, he urged San Diegans to do more so that the warnings don't turn into more mandatory water restrictions. Today's message is very clear. Thank you for what you've done. Let's keep it up. Let's find additional ways to do this. Let's continue to invest in our infrastructure. If we do that, I believe we'll be okay. Wade Crowfoot, the secretary of the California Natural Resources Agency, says the San Diego region is better off than much of the state because of investments like the Carlsbad desalination plant. San Diego in many ways has led the way, but none of us are immune from the unprecedented drought conditions. So far, the state water board has issued two emergency regulations this year. But if conditions don't improve, more could be on the way. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. A safe haven for abuse and human trafficking victims will soon open its doors in San Marcos. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne has more. One safe place, a North County Family Justice Center, will open on July 5th. The San Marcos facility will help victims of domestic violence, child or elder abuse, sexual assault, and human trafficking. The center will offer forensic medical exams, counseling, therapy, housing resources, clothing, and legal assistance. The minute they walk in, they're going to be greeted by a welcome ambassador who is going to say, we're here to help. Claudia Grosso is the executive director of the center. She says one safe place is for the community, not just victims of abuse. The center will also offer educational classes to the public, as well as anyone needing resources. San Diego County District Attorney Summer Steffen says North County has long needed a resource like this. North County is home to about a third of our population, but 42 percent to 46 percent of the domestic violence homicides happen in the North County and 56 percent of the elder abuse, which means that there's not enough services to interfere, intervene before that violence escalates into a homicide. That story was reported by KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne. Shelters in Tijuana are struggling to meet the basic needs of the migrants in their care, even as the U.S. sends millions of dollars to Mexico to help them. iNewsource investigative reporter Sofia Mejias-Pasco explains. More than 1,000 migrants called Templo Embajadores de Jesus home. The church-turned-mega shelter opened six years ago to house migrants as they wait for a chance to seek asylum in the U.S. Some have lived there since 2020, when the U.S. closed its border to asylum seekers under a controversial health policy known as Title 42. That policy has meant a new era for the shelters, according to Enrique Lucero, director of Migrant Affairs in Tijuana. The shelters weren't set up to care for migrants long term. Many are struggling to keep going, even as U.S. aid to help migrants in Mexico has skyrocketed in recent years. For KPBS, I'm iNewsource reporter Sofia Mejias-Pasco. iNewsource is an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. San Diego parents are now able to seek out COVID vaccinations for their children six months to five years old. The long-awaited eligibility for younger children comes after the CDC issued approval for the age group over the weekend. 
KPBS's Jade Heineman spoke with Dr. Eric Topol about vaccines, treatments, and reinfection. Dr. Topol is the director of the Scripps Research Translational Institute in La Jolla. Here's that interview. So this is the last major age group to be granted approval for the vaccine. How significant is this in the fight against COVID? It is quite significant. It's not getting enough of the sense of its importance because the children aged six months to five years have had a lot of trouble during the Omicron wave. And as you mentioned, Omicron is still the dominant COVID strain. Is there any movement on an Omicron-specific vaccine? Well, yes, there is. Moderna uh, has tested their BA1 Omicron booster against the BA4 and 5 and has seen some reasonable antibody production. So that's a bit encouraging. We're expecting to see a booster going through both Moderna and Pfizer, the FDA, by September. And so it's very likely that sometime in the fall, we'll have access to those boosters. But again, Jude, to emphasize, we still don't know whether the booster, which has uh, BA1 Omicron, is going to hold up well against the variants that we'll be seeing already now. 35% of the country, are the cases are BA4 and 5, and it's quite a bit different. So it remains to be seen how effective that booster is going to be. It's better than just continuing to rely on the original spike that was from back in 2019 that we've gone so far beyond. But uh, only testing the booster in the real world will we know if it's really going to help. We've heard a lot about Paxlovid and its efficacy. Uh, Just how available is that treatment in this country? Yes. Well, there were two CDC reports on that. It looks like the prescriptions have soared with Paxlovid, which goes along with the fact that we are uh, having a lot of cases under the radar that are not through the traditional PCR central testing and reporting. And so Paxlovid is getting uh, the test in the real world and it's holding up very well. In fact, uh, of all the people that took Paxlovid in the report, less than 1% wound up in the hospital. And that's what you'd expect. Paxlovid has been shown to give a very strong protection against hospitalizations and deaths. And so right now, for people that have uh, infections, this is our backup plan. And fortunately, it's pretty widely available, certainly in San Diego County. Uh, so whereas a couple of months ago, it was hard to come by, right now, most of our pharmacies are stocked. And uh, that hasn't been a problem uh, overall for access. Breakthrough COVID reinfection has been a major concern recently. What more do we know about the likelihood of a reinfection or, or what causes it? Uh, that's a good one, Jade, because we just had a, a big report uh, this week from the Veterans Affairs, which is the largest healthcare system in the United States. And what they showed with over 30,000 of these reinfections, that there was a worse outcome than in people who had only one infection, so that the multiple hits and then three infections worse than two, like a dose response uh, type of uh, pattern. The point is that up until now, we had really thought that reinfections, well, so what? You have immunity. um, You shouldn't have much of a problem. But what we're seeing are lingering effects that suggest from this one large report that this is a problem and we need to avoid reinfections. The problem is that the variants we're confronting now, these Omicron subvariants, are the most immune evasive and transmissible from the in the whole pandemic. And so the chance of reinfection is much higher. And we're learning that at the same time that there's a liability of having these reinfections. 
And we're not doing the things we know that could help prevent reinfections. That was Dr. Eric Topol speaking with KPBS's Jade Heineman. Coming up, summer camp is in session. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Summer is officially here. And so are the kids' camps that start when school lets out for the season. KPBS Speak City Heights reporter Jacob Ayer tells us about some free music, dance, and art camps for students in the San Diego Unified School District. Perkins K-8 School Summer Camp is not your average affair. Many of the students at this music, dance, and arts camp in Barrio Logan are experiencing homelessness, says City Heights Music School Assistant Director Mario Aguia. These kids are going through rough, rough time. And it's hard when you're living through that to realize that there is beauty out there. And we don't need more cynical people in this world. We need people that are dreamers, people that are hopeful. That's why it's important. A group of nonprofit organizations are providing a dozen similar camps for free to students in the San Diego Unified School District. There's still time at some of the locations for enrollment as the camps run through July 15th. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. For those outside of the district, the camps are $150. Etheria Film Festival showcases horror, sci-fi, fantasy, action, and thriller films directed by women. For the third year, the showcase will stream on Shudder. KPBS film critic Beth Accomando has this review. In 2020, COVID-19 forced the Etheria Film Festival to go virtual, but it did so in a big way. It partnered with Shudder, the horror streaming channel, and was able to share its showcase of women-made genre films to a much wider audience than it could ever reach in person. This year, that partnership continues with seven short films streaming through July 19th. The films explore a diverse range of topics and display wildly differing styles. In the playfully ironic Lucid, a young artist shares her self-portrait in class. I've called it girl with silent eyes and pink hair. It's about being sad, I guess. The experience challenges the artist to go beyond the superficial, to embrace her love of the grotesque through some blood-soaked performance art. In the Spanish thriller Dana, a violent attack 
transforms the title character into an avenging vigilante who hunts down serial rapists. The shorts also look to family secrets, a rodent infestation, and a revolving relationship with technology. Kudos to Etheria for highlighting these emerging female artists and encouraging them to dig deeper for their art. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. Do you remember reading your favorite childhood Dr. Seuss books? Well, the home in La Jolla where the late Theodore Geisel wrote most of those books will be up for sale soon. The Mount Soledad home is now owned by UCSD. The proceeds from the sale will create the Geisel Fund in the UCSD Foundation. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast is produced by KPBS senior radio producer Brooke Ruth and producer Emmalyn Mohebi. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com.